Hello, everyone. It's Christmas time again. And you know what that means. Santa Claus, Midnight Mass, eating lots of cookies, and people telling us that Christmas is really a pagan holiday. It's really just the Roman Saturnalia with some uh, Christianity dusted on top. Or they're telling us it's really just a celebration of the winter solstice. On the 21st, it probably goes to the 25th, who knows. But we're going to be hearing a lot of that. We hear that every year. What we don't hear is what Christmas really means to people here at Legion, and that is another Christmas display from our friends at the Satanic Temple. You remember last year's display, right? Uh, Last year, the Satanic Temple once again had a holiday display in the rotunda of the Illinois State Capitol. They've won the right to do this. They're a legally established religion. They've got their 501c3. So right in the rotunda, right next to the giant Christmas trees, there was a baby Baphomet. Baphomet, you may recall, is the half-goat, half-human figure that many people take to represent the devil. Really, really ugly. You know, goat head, woman's breasts, arms outstretched in some kind of, I don't know, curse or blessing. Very quite, really quite stunningly ugly, but if you think big Baphomet is ugly, you should get a load of baby Baphomet. I mean, I've heard of faces only a mother could love, but this one takes the cake. But that was last year. This year's display is different. This year, the Satanic Temple went with a display of a, a depiction of a serpent. A serpent coiled up on top of a pile of books. And the pile of books is resting on top of a a basket full of bright red apples. Okay, so snake, books, apples. Snake has a nice red tongue and black eyes. But get this. It's crocheted. Yeah, crocheted. Like the Afghan your grandmother made you last Christmas. They're crocheted. (laughs) It's like Satan has decided to go soft and cuddly. I mean... (sighs) You know, I don't know. I don't know who the grandmas were who made this thing, but I hope they're proud of their expertise. Like I said, it's a soft and cuddly Satan. Did you ever ask yourself, how did we get here? How did America, the country that has in God we trust on every single piece of its legal currency, end up having to give Satan a spot next to the Christmas manger? an equal footing spot next to the baby Jesus in the manger. How did we get to this place? How did Satan end up a church in the United States? So that's what I want to talk about today. To do that, let's go back to 1967. Ira Levin was an American novelist and playwright. His first novel, A Kiss Before Dying, was a thriller It came out in 1953, and it won the Edgar Award in 1954. In case you've never heard of the Edgar, it's uh, it's the Oscar of mystery and thriller novels. It's the most prestigious prize a mystery writer can earn. I mean, and to have his first novel win this coming out of the gate, that's that's really something. Talk about starting off with a bang. (laughs) He later adapted uh, Mac Hyman's novel. No Time for Sergeants. No Time for Sergeants was a comedy about a kind of clueless country boy who joins the Air Force, who's drafted into the Air Force. 
And he adapted that into a play that ran on Broadway for two years. It starred Andy Griffith. It was Andy Griffith's big breakout role. It it made his career. It was made into a movie later. Uh, Griffith starred in that too. And in a way, we can we can really thank Ira Levin for Andy of Mayberry. In 1960, he had another hit with a comedy called Critics' Choice. Critics' Choice ran for 169 performances on Broadway. Critics' Choice is a comedy about a man who writes uh, who's, a man who's a theater critic who is forced to review his own wife's play. It's it's fun. It's really clever and entertaining. The play starred Henry Fonda. And the movie that came out a couple of years later starred Bob Hope and Lucille Ball. So you're landing big league stars, you're getting these awards, your plays are running for years. Life was good for Ira Levin. But in 1962, his career hit a roadblock. His latest work was a musical comedy called, called Drat the Cat. It was supposed to be kind of a spoof on Victorian detective stories, Uh, but it was a resounding flop. It ran for only eight performances. Ouch. So Ira's career is in big trouble. He knows that if he's going to come back, he needs a big idea, something, you know, fresh, original, revolutionary. He thinks, he ponders, he racks his brains. He knew he wanted to write a suspense story, but that's all he knew. Levin had figured out that the most suspenseful part of any horror story happens before, not after, the horror appears. That's where all the tension builds. You know something's coming. You start to understand it's going to be something horrible. You have no idea what it is, but you know it's at the door. What are you going to do? You don't know what how to prepare for it. It's getting worse and worse and worse, and the tension is building and building and building. And he's trying to think, what can, how can he use that? What could build that kind of tension? And he thought, what about a pregnancy? Something is growing in a woman's body for nine months. Suppose it starts to dawn on her that the thing that is growing inside her is something dangerous, something bad. Nine months of not knowing, of not being able to prepare. Nine months of every single day getting closer and closer and closer to its appearance and whatever it's going to do to you. It's a pretty good concept. But what would this unborn baby be? I'm going to let him explain. He gave an interview in 2002. I tried to figure out exactly what the fetus was growing into. Genuine medical horrors were out, of course, not the stuff of popular fiction. I could imagine only two possibilities. My unfortunate heroine had to be impregnated either by an extraterrestrial or the devil. E.T.'s had already fathered children in other books, so that was out. That had already been done. He felt, that means I'm stuck with Satan in whom I believed not at all. But I had no other intriguing ideas, and I had a family to support. I read up on witchcraft, and late in 1965, I set to work. The result was Rosemary's Baby. I'm sure you've heard of Rosemary's Baby, but on the one chance in a million that you haven't, in a nutshell, a very young woman is married to an actor 
the actor's career is not going so well. This couple has recently moved into a new apartment, and their neighbors are a little bit odd. And Rosemary, the young wife, starts to think there's something not quite wholesome about these people. And eventually she gets the idea that her husband has gotten into cahoots with the neighbors, who, as it turns out, are part of a witch's coven. And she's right. With the help of this coven, her husband has made a pact with the devil. Satan will guarantee him a huge success on stage if he will turn over his baby to Satan. So one night, a drugged young Rosemary is raped by the devil in the center of this whole coven we're looking on. And she thinks she dreamed it. She wakes up the next morning, sure she must have dreamed it, but she's got scratches on her arms. But it turns out that she's pregnant, and she has been wanting to get pregnant for quite a while, and at first she is overjoyed. But as the pregnancy progresses, she becomes increasingly paranoid. Was that really a dream? Is her doctor lying to her about how the baby is doing? What exactly are these weird herbs her neighbor insists that she take every day? But you know the saying, even paranoids have enemies. Rosemary is right. The rape was no dream. Her child belongs to the devil. And Rosemary's baby, conceived in witchcraft, will be the Antichrist. Now, Lavin had a great career after that. He went on to to write The Stepford Wives and a few other, you know, big hits. But Rosemary's Baby was groundbreaking. It spawned a hundred imitators. You know, you couldn't stop the flow of Satan movies after Rosemary's Baby came out. There was The Omen. There was The Exorcist. There was The Devil's Advocate. There were a hundred, a thousand, you know, B-level movies about Satan in the world and Satan taking over kids. You can find the devil all over Hollywood now. He really never left. Rosemary's Baby was published in 1967. It sold over 4 million copies. And the deal to make the movie out of it was struck before the novel even came out. That's how hot a commodity this thing was. Roman Polanski was hired to direct the movie. Mia Farrow landed the role of Rosemary. The film made over $33 million dollars. So out in Hollywood, people are ecstatic. The devil is their new best friend. Meanwhile, back on the East Coast, the book business is paying attention. It's actually very hard to make money in the publishing industry. Uh, My husband was a publisher for many years, and believe me, it was really tough to actually make profits for these companies. But here at last, there's a light on the horizon. What about books about the devil? What about the book about the devil? What about the basic Your Guide to the Devil? But who could they find to write it? Any publishing professional worth his salt keeps tabs on what the rest of the industry is up to. And I'm fairly sure that New York editors must have been familiar with a pulp magazine called Weird Tales, still being published today. It came out of San Francisco. It was science fiction and horror. Some really important science fiction writers published in it. H.P. Lovecraft, for example, was one of the authors. But another one of their contributors was a man named Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey was born Howard Levy in Chicago. 
He was, well, he was a lot of things. First and foremost, he was a shameless self-promoter. He worked really hard at building his own folklore. He told people that he'd been uh, a circus roustabout, which was a lie. No, they never found any evidence to support that. He claimed he had an affair with Marilyn Monroe. Another lie. Uh, he said that he had an affair with her while she was working at a particular club as a burlesque dancer. But the owner of the club said, no, she never worked there. Uh, he drove around town in a coroner's van. He shaved his head and grew a Fu Manchu mustache. You know, so at the very least, the guy stood out in a crowd. LeVay had been operating his Church of Satan in San Francisco for a while. He, he bought a house, he painted it black, and on Friday nights, he'd give lectures, he'd hold classes, he would teach, you know, women how to make love potions. And some editors are wondering, maybe this is the guy they need to write the Satan bestseller. There are a number of stories about how the Satanic Bible came about. According to one story, some of LeVay's followers just begged him the guy was just such a phenomenon. They had to have his collections on paper. They had to be able to read him while they were sitting in bed at night, all that stuff. According to another version, this one comes from LeVay's estranged daughter, a woman named Zena Streck. It was actually an editor at Avon Books who came up with the idea. Whatever version you want to follow, LeVay started working on putting together a manuscript that he was calling the Satanic Bible. This was kind of a compilation of articles LeVay had written, lectures he'd given, um, stuff he'd cribbed from other writers, talking all about how Satan is the way to open up your mind and your life and the path to freedom, all that kind of stuff, all the kind of um, very 60s, you're, you're cut off from reality, open yourself up, I'm going to show you how to get there. Well, the Satanic Bible was finally submitted to Avon Books. Avon is a huge publishing house. It specialized in things like historic romances, but they published all over the map, westerns, mysteries, you name it. And it became a big hit. It sold millions of copies. And in all this time, since the late 1960s, it has never been out of print. It became the cornerstone of LeVay's new religion, and the Church of Satan became the first legally recognized church in the United States that had Satanism as its creed. Now, most devotees of Satanism will tell you they don't really worship Satan. They just think he's really cool. They just think he represents freedom of thought, sexual freedom, all that stuff. So what did LeVay really think about the devil and about Satanists? Well, the answer to that question might be found in an interview that LeVay had with the, ready, FBI in 1980. The FBI interviewed LeVay in connection with an alleged plot to murder Ted Kennedy. In 1980, Ted Kennedy, of course, was running for the Democratic nomination for president. So, And they sit him down and they start asking him questions. You know, what, do you, what do you do for a living? What is your work like? Who are your followers like? Tell us about your followers, Mr. LeVay. LeVay's answer was most of his church's followers were, quote, Fanatics, cultists, and weirdos. The agents concluded that LeVay's, quote, interest in the Church of Satan is strictly from a monetary point of view, and that he spent most of his time furnishing interviews, writing material, and lately had become interested in photography. There, gee, the guy was a Renaissance man, huh? But the point is, he spent most of his time 
just working on his profile, just working on the publicity. I don't think he cared about Satan one way or another. Now, after he died in 1997, his church kind of fell apart. There were the usual fights about who was going to be the next leader, who was going to inherit the rights to his work, and all that stuff. In 1999, one of his daughters founded a new church called the First Satanic Church, which is a fairly small operation. I don't think most people haven't even heard of it. In 2012, a man named Lucian Graves, Greaves, G-R-E-A-V-E-S, founded the Satanic Temple. I do not know where he found the League of Grandmas to crochet the uh, snake on the books. The Satanic Temple doesn't have anything like the profile the, the Church of Satan had in its heyday. Most people have barely heard of it. There aren't a lot of magazine art articles about it. There aren't a lot of news reports about it, except maybe at Halloween. But its genesis really was in Anton LaVey's Church of Satan. And Anton LaVey's Church of Satan really got its start from the birth of Rosemary's baby. So it's peculiar, isn't it? I mean, Hollywood is at the root of a lot of this. Gee, I wonder why that would be. Hmm. Commercial, you know, like, like the FBI said, it's mostly to make money. Mr. LeVay is mostly interested in making money. Ira Levin was interested in making money too, but he made no bones about it. He said, look, I'm a writer. I got to make, I got to make a living here. Satan, great, Satan. I have no idea who Satan is. I don't care about Satan. I don't believe in Satan, but I think he could sell me a few books. So we can go back to Rosemary's Baby if we want to trace the history of established Satanism in the United States. Interestingly, Rosemary's Baby had a kind of strange aftermath to it. There's a lot of urban legend stuff about the curse of Rosemary's Baby. Because a lot of kind of black things happened in the wake of this film. Mia Farrow, who was married to Frank Sinatra at the time, was served divorce papers while she was on the set. Roman Polanski was the director of the film. His wife, Sharon Tate, was brutally murdered by the Charles Manson cult. Charlie Manson and his family followers. Polanski himself was charged with raping a minor. Before he could be tried, though, he fled the country. And he has never returned to the United States. And what did Ira Levin make of all? What did he make of his book spawning a whole new universe of occult fiction and occult films and occult TV series? What did he make of all this? In 2002, he said, I feel guilty that Rosemary's Baby led to things like The Exorcist and The Omen. A whole generation has been exposed and has more belief in Satan. Of course, he added, I didn't send back any of the royalty checks. My sources for this podcast include the New York Times, the Church of Satan website, ira11.org, mentalfloss.com, Rolling Stone, Ever Love and Wikipedia, and the official website of the Church of Satan. <laughs>